So Sibu Siso Villa Kaze, man. <laughs> it's so nice to finally meet yeah. you, man. Um, yes, it's been. Yeah. Thanks again for having having the time to um, so that we can unpack the pure valley story. So I'm ext- I'm extremely excited because you know when I logged onto your website and I saw Pure Valley and I saw the pictures of the fruit and I saw all of this I was like man I'm being taken to a, an yeah. awesome place you know and to unpack the journey and the story behind it you know yeah. it's going to be something really exciting but I really was I was thinking that you were going to be the South African soccer player you know because <laughs> it, 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 that Sibu Sibu Villakaze the soccer player retired when uh, Pure Valley started, so I was like, "No way! This is going to be an awesome story." You know, former South African <laughs> soccer player has gone into the has yeah. gone into the juice uh, industry. But yeah, wow. man. So, Sibusi, so first of all, tell me, how did the name Pure Valley come about? So the name Pure Valley came about us looking for products that were relevant to South African, especially young people. Um, because when we started the business, we went to the university around Pretoria, which is the Tuani University of Technology. And we wanted to get the best tasting fruit juice because I've always been a fruit juice lover. And we went there, did a few samplings with the types of flavors that people would actually like. So for instance, we'd take five types of orange juices. So orange will always taste different based on what brand you have. And from there, the students then chose to say this is the type of taste that we actually prefer in all of these orange juices. From there, we were able to come up with a name through the advice of the students to say, how must a, a, a juice product, a product like ours, a brand, sound like? How how do you want it to sound like so that it's re- relevant to how it tastes? And students actually came up with the name. And that name was collaborated together with me and my initial partner, Venan Kherike. And we were able to come up with the name Pure Valley Juice. So it speaks to the purity of the product, which is 100% fruit, and also the valleys of Southern Africa, um, which is your Pumalangas, your Limpopos. And yeah, you know, in South Africa, we are very rich in fruit. So we came up with the name from that. So it started in 2016. Tell me, yes. building up to that, when was the first, well, when was the seed first planted? When you said, you said you've been a fruit juice guy. Was it at a point yeah. when you were drinking someone else's fruit juice and you said, hey, I can make this better? Yeah. <laughs> there's a brand, there's a specific brand I loved drinking when I was younger and still in university. And the name was Exotic. And the guys produced the most awesome orange juice, right? And I found that in the years later, we couldn't find that kind of juice in the market anymore. Um, and the seed was planted in, a, in, in that time where I was looking for something that I will frequently be able to buy to replace your fizzy drinks. And from there, I came up with an idea to say, can I develop a beverage that will be relevant to myself and my family as well? And that's how I came with it. We had a family friend, um, Saral Fori, who, who had the know-how on how to make fruit juice. And from there, I was able to take information from him and he was able to show me a few things and I was able to navigate myself into getting into the market as well. I mean, it must have been quite a, a, a big challenge knowing what's, a, what's, what's ahead of you. You know, you're going into the retail yeah. space, you're going into a fast uh, moving consumer good. Was it quite daunting yeah. when, was it quite daunting for you when you committed 100% and you're saying, we're going for this? What was the feeling like? Yeah, no, the feeling came from, so 
By profession, I'm an engineer. Um, I studied with the Swan University of Technology, mechanical engineer. So the feeling came from that emanated from the fact that I was working for Nissan at the, at the time when the business started. So I went out from them offering me a contract to say, come and work for us as a process engineer for our NP200 development line. And I had to make a choice between going to start a business and actually getting permanent employment, which would guarantee my family a basic income. And from there, but I had the courage because I always wanted to be an entrepreneur despite going into produce. It could have been anything. And that I think gave me a bit of courage to say, let me take the leap of faith and go and start this thing. And the feeling was awesome because I felt like I was now, it was now the time for me to go live my dreams and make sure I, I contribute towards my family and the, the country at large. And I think from there emanated the courage and the bravery to take the risk and go out there and do what I, I've done now. Yeah, so I think that first initial step is always a bit overwhelming, hey? Yeah. No, it is. No, it is. It wasn't an easy step, especially with consulting. You can go consult your wife, it becomes a problem, <laughs> as you can know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and but with other family members as well. Yeah, because I think for the biggest um, hurdle for any entrepreneur is to take it from conception into reality. But that's... Yeah, that's... I think that um, step in I'm taking that leap, knowing especially for you that you are going to give up permanent employment, um, comfort, financial, if I had to call it financial comfort, to go on your own and saying, now I'm, I have to fend for myself because I'm sure that you've realized as well, there is a lot of pressure and there's a lot of challenges that come with running your own ship. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, there was a lot of pressure on my side as well, um, especially because, you know, with, uh, with uh, the initial stages of a business, things don't go as well as you expect them to go, um, right? So you've left your job. Now things are not going as planned. <laughs> so you need to, you know, to overcome all of those small challenges. And now you're thinking, you're looking back, you're like, actually, maybe the contract still exists. <laughs> yeah so but but you i had to take the leap of faith and every challenge that comes towards me i had to deal with it as it goes and i didn't realize then but there was the journey that i was going to take you know for all the years that i've been in business daily basis there's a new challenge that was coming and from the day that i started i had to take a leap of faith there are times where you know in business you'll get massive challenges and it's always you know, that leap of faith that will be able to take you a, a, a further, um, you know, step further for you to be able to overcome anything that comes through. I mean, to make a name yeah. for yourself, there's got to be a lot of sweat equity. I mean, I'm sure that there must have also been times that have been extremely challenging for you mentally that said, you know what, oh, you know, what, I'm going, it's, it's that resilience that you've got to build. What kept moving you forward? Um, you know, I always say, I put it like this, so... I've entered a tunnel that is dark, right? At the entrance, there's light. And at the end, there's also light. And I always find myself in the center of the of the tunnel. And I ask myself this question. So do I go back to that back light or do I go to the front light? Mm. And I'm thinking, I'm already in the center. So let me walk forward and actually go because I'm going to reach my goal. So when times hardship comes, look, in 2018, for instance, I had a very bad year. The year was really bad. Um, our sales were low. We closed down for a couple of months, you know, but because of the sacrifice that I made in terms of my career, 
I also wanted it to be worth it. I wanted it to be worth it. And I decided I've done this thing and I knew things were going to be hard. And it, it, it kept me going. I think also family, when you're an entrepreneur, you need family support. If you have someone that supports you in your family, um, it will really help you. When those days come where you're thinking, let me just let this thing go. They need to remind you why you started and where you are going. And that keeps me going. And I'm able to rely on the strength of others when I do not have any left in myself. So my wife, my family, my mother, my brother, those are the guys that actually always carry me whenever the strength that I was using all along is, is not there anymore to help me. And those are yeah, my supporting structure. From the beginning, when, with all the, the, the sweat equity, with all the hard work put in, when you finally held your first bottle of juice that said, that's pure valley, what was that feeling yeah. like? Yo, it was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Seeing that I've, I built something from the ground um, and what potentially it could be, it was an awesome feeling. And I felt like I'm actually contributing to the world. You know, I'm not just someone who will come and pass by, but I'm someone that can leave something and my name can be attached to something that I left as a legacy for not only myself, but for a lot of families in our country. Yeah. You remember the first bottle that you that you produced? Yeah, no, I do. No, I remember the first bottle. <laughs> I remember the label was a paper label. <laughs> so what we did is that we we, <laughs> we 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 didn't know that we had to do uh, like a vinyl or plastic sticker. So we printed labels. We just asked the guy, a company, print for us labels and a lot of them. So we printed quite like 2,000 per flavor of labels. And this guy printed on paper. So what we did, we were going to sell at a stadium. Um, there was a crusade, a church crusade there. So we were going to sell there as our first sales. Mm -hmm. When we went there, so the labels, when we put them inside of ice, because we didn't have refrigeration at the stadium, we put them inside of ice. The label was getting wet. <laughs> so people were buying it. And every time they hold it, the paper would actually remain on their hands. Yeah, so, but it was an exciting journey, I think. For me, I was so excited. You know, a lot of bad things were happening in the time, but I was still excited that there's only improvement that's going to happen from now. 100%. Uh, but yeah, so I was excited. Really it's, excited. It's, ama it's amazing with any entrepreneur when they make the first product, it's like they forget about the hardships that's happened over the last couple of months. That's the most, it's like almost having yeah. your first child, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. And yeah, what was no, and what, what was what was the flavor? Um, when we did the first one, it yeah. was what was the first orange flavor? flavor? The orange flavor. It was, was the orange flavor. Is that your favorite yeah, flavor? Yeah, this one. This this was the favorite flavor because I knew what I needed to have in this because the students had already chosen. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was the orange flavor, and a lot of people liked it. Um, actually, that's why we actually continued with the business initially when we started. It was a, you know it was a small business. It was a something small. I. I actually started in my mother's kitchen, right? So we didn't have a facility or a room that we're using. So I use normal equipment in your normal kitchen. I just bought a small bucket and I just got information on how to do it and I started to do it. So from there, I was able to produce a few bottles. And from my mother's kitchen, I'm telling you, the most nicest juice came out of it. So um, I, I really got excited that it actually came through and it showed me that you know what, we can use what we have to be able to develop a product that can become something. We want to touch on it that you were mentioning the support, but inadvertently what you are doing is that you are also supporting the local farmers, which is also part of your value system. Mm. 
that is that obviously yes. something that's that's key to you is the, it's it's sort of a community approach that we succeed together when we all strive together we win as a community yeah yeah no that that is so true um so there's a lot of things that we do especially in our community to make sure that at least we are able to contribute while we grow everyone else grows number one we always hire local so um i like hiring people that would walk to work because we are in the township so for us then we get people around the area so we do it. i'll ask a lady look go around the community just announce that we need people and she'll go around and people will be submitting their cvs and people will be walking to work while employed um there's tournaments that happen in the community arts and culture days where you know we would sponsor this and that we'll bring fruit juice we'd sponsor maybe a cup there and here um those are the kind of things that we are doing and we engage with young you know especially young men um, I like engaging with them so that we can be able to encourage them to go into entrepreneurship as well. One thing that I have in plan is that we need to have companies that emerge and become our suppliers. Once we grow, we can have other small businesses that follow suit and become our suppliers and we create a value chain that will be able to feed many more families within the community that we are in. Yeah, because the labor awesome. is here, the shop right and your pick and pay, they are here. Mm. So things can be within the circle that we are in. Surely for you as well, knowing that you are having an impact on the community, that you have a positive impact, that you're structuring this way forward for community development, that must also be quite a rewarding thing for you, knowing what you've started. I mean, it comes with its own stresses. I mean, there must have also been a time where for you as an individual, um, self-esteem and self-motivation was at a difficult period. I mean, when especially when you start, there may have been times where you mentally have gone through some challenges. But then these little things, knowing that you're creating impact, knowing that are probably what's what what pulls you through. Yeah. Um, so you know, believing in yourself is one of the most key things that will actually be able to help you to grow your business. Um, watching a lot of other entrepreneurs go through the same thing that you go through, listening to you know other motivational speakers that have started their own businesses, and some of them look they have failed, but it's almost the same path. Our our challenges are almost the same because the dynamics are the same, right? And that actually tells me I'm no different, and it means it's normal, right? So that thing actually pushes me forward and. I am able to press on because I've seen others do it. I've seen other people start from grassroots and actually achieve it. And it means that for me to become an excellent entrepreneur, it will need an extra, you know, a, a step for me to be able to get there. And I think those motivational talks, like young men like Vosit and Jaguayo, who actually is relevant to young people today, with the kind of motivation that he brings on the table and the kind of experience he has, and when he speaks, he speaks directly to the issues that we are having and the challenges that we are having. And we are able to now say, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I have to be revitalized and go back and try once more and one more time. And yeah. that is what I think those kind of guys are, are, are helping us with. So, Sibu Siso, what has been the biggest lesson that you have learned as a businessman since 2016? The biggest one I could say is um, I've learned that no one owes you anything. No one owes you anything. Um, you you need to do what you've decided to do. Um, no one will come 
and pull you out of your troubles. You need to work hard and pull yourself out of your troubles. You know, no one will just throw money at you. So no one owes you anything. And that also pushes me to say, I need to own, to be able to create my own path, to be able to, that is the reason why I even started the brand. It's because, you know, no one will come and hand me something. So if no one gives you something, there are people who are privileged, you know, who have things that they haven't, they haven't worked hard for. But for us, we are, we are people that are creating things for our own and our own journeys and our own paths. Um, and that's the biggest lesson because I think a lot of times I expected, you know, a lot of times for people to come through for me, to come and help me and realize later that, you know what, I, I, I have only myself in some instances to be able to make things happen and to be able to make things pull through. Damn. So no one owes you anything. As a young person, you need to wake up, use what you have. No one will bring machines for you. Currently, we have machines that we use to package, but we didn't start there. We started with a bucket because no one owed me anything. No one was going to throw money at me and get, buy me a machine. No one was going to buy me, you know, um, whatever that I needed to start. But I used what I had. I acquired knowledge. Then I looked at my surrounding. I only had my mother's kitchen and I used it. And I realized for me to understand that it meant I knew I didn't have anyone to go to but I knew I had myself to go to and I owed it upon myself to make sure what I needed to happen did happen. That's awesome. And I mean, you must have personally learned a lot about yourself. Yeah, no, I did. I did. Um, I think we do not really know ourselves until we are under pressure. Um, yeah, and <laughs> Until we're in those dark spaces. Yeah, no, I think that's where we really find who we really are. Um, and a lot of times I found myself under bridge and I learned, uh, uh, you know, traits about myself that I didn't think existed. I think there are people who will actually, you know, pass on the earth without actually finding out who they are, how strong they are um, and how tough they are. Entrepreneurs yeah. are people that it, it, it's like when you're squeezing olive out of, out, out of the olive oil out of the olive, mm. they actually find that right oil <laughs> to know who they really are. Um, 100%. And yeah, and, and they... That's how I, I was able to see who I am and, and what kind of person I am, what what is my weaknesses. Because in entrepreneurship also, you learn where you are weak and where you have shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And you learn to accept who you are in that and try to improve those areas or place people in the areas where you know you have a weakness. Yeah, I think it's a self-discovery journey. You know, from when you start, yeah. Yeah, when you start off and you think, okay, this is how it is, this is... But entrepreneurship has got a funny way of showing you what you're good at and what you're not good at and sort of making you believe, you know, or making or conditioning you to become the best version of yourself if you believe in yourself. Yeah, you know, that, that is, yeah. And, and, and you, so, you see the, the believing in yourself part is one of the best things that you can ever have. Because mm. if you don't believe in yourself, you'll have a huge problem. Um, you'll always doubt, especially with big projects. So in a business, you'll always have times where you have to grow the business and move it a step further. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you'll find corporates who, which are already there having professionals doing all of that work. And it will be their self-confidence that is able to make you, you know, stand before guys who've been in this industry for long. And these are guys who have experience. Mm -hmm. These are guys who have crashed 
small businesses and killed some of the small businesses that were trying to come up. But if you have solid confidence, you are able to stand up against them. Um, like in reference with the story of of, of David and Goliath, um, you know, once you find that big guy inside of you, doesn't matter what size you are, yeah. you are able to sit in a boardroom with guys that are big and say, this is what I'm offering and this is what I'm putting on the table. Mm. And if I have to take you on on it, I'm taking you on on it. But yeah. I'm here to become a player and to be recognized as one of the best. Oh, man, that is awesome. So it's it's a, it's an alignment of self-confidence and the identity of Pure Valley to for you as an individual to say, this is who I am. This is what Pure Valley stands for. We merge it together and we move forward regardless of uh, what happens. And, and and the thing is, what I learned even in the years, in the past few years, is that you also need to be able to identify who you are and separate yourself from the business as well, right? Mm. But be able to match that together and work with it. Absolutely. So a lot of times they say a failure of a business is as a result of the owner, right? Um, and a lot of business people cannot separate themselves from their business. So it's not the same. Their business is not the same thing, right? So the, the person becomes now the business or the business becomes the person. So what I've done is that I've tried my best to actually separate myself from the business so that the business can be so independent that even without me, it can be able to thrive and grow. Right. Mm. And but it needs also the courage and the, the drive that I currently have, yeah. of which it's a very um, difficult trade to get from people. But if you get the right people in the business, you can clearly see that they actually represent the kind of drive that you represent, the kind of vision that you have. Entrepreneurs wear a lot of hats on, their, on a daily basis. Uh, they've got to wear HR hats. They've got to wear marketing hats. They've got to wear finance hats. I mean, your, your, yeah. your, your, your closet of hats must be full, huh? <laughs> I have a thousands of hats. I have a thousands of, of hats, especially with COVID. Um, look, with COVID, I think a lot of people had to become everything. Mm. Um, I visited a company uh, on, on Tuesday, which had a, like a, a 50 square meter, you know, a factory in, in Kempton Park. And when I went there, I found that the company was closed and I asked the security guard and they pointed me down the road. And when I got there, I found that the guy had actually moved into, you see these garage storages, mm. um, small garage storages. And he moved the whole of his business there. And he only, out of all his 20 people here, had only one person left. And I realized that he needed to be that those 20 people that he had let go himself, right? He needed to become everyone. And this guy is trying his best to keep that business afloat so that he can take it back to how it was pre-COVID. Yeah. So I think all of us, I think for us, we must also rejoice or... Mm. Um, or a bit, have a bit of celebration that COVID happened in the time where it happened. Yeah. Because the guys that came out of COVID, whether your company closed down or it didn't, you came out stronger and you came out having all of those heads, mm. having to do all of that work. And I think the generation that had businesses through COVID is a very strong uh, generation in terms of entrepreneurship. What is, the, what is one of the biggest characteristics for an entrepreneur to survive in the retail space? I think um, if you can be consistent, I think consistency is, is one of the main things. Consistency in terms of customer engagement, quality, um, you know, uh, I think that is, will be key because 
you know if 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 you as an entrepreneur or as a manager that deals with retail you know always visits let's say your clients sometimes they will be able to be more lenient to you give you more sales because of the consistency of the relationship that you form and you are able to to attend to also the consistency of quality that is is one of the key doesn't matter what industry you are in if if you you are strict on quality and consistent on quality then you are able to penetrate any market and people can actually refer you um you, you know consistency would also speak to um quality in terms of how you treat your clients as well there's a lot of people that have given me more business because of how i treated them when i, I came to came to for them coming into the shop um how i was referred to other retail stores because of the kind of behavior i had around them um and i think as an entrepreneur you need to be able to be outspoken and be able to talk to people create conversations people like engaging i think business is all about relationship sibusiso villakaze from pure valley and and i i knew it i knew before the interview i said to myself I'm going to walk away being inspired and I know that it's just not just a bottle of juice there's a story behind it and it is a, a truly magnificent story I think the way that it is all started the way that you have approached a community orientated outlook not only on your business but in almost every facet of life is truly remarkable the fact that you are going from strength to strength is true testament of your journey as an entrepreneur and it's 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 amazing stuff and i just i, I wish i wish you nothing short of success and an abundance of happiness going forward in any venture that you pursue yes thank you very much for the opportunity